0: Co-worker of yours.
1: Welcome back to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. Work-life integration has long been a struggle for many people, and working remotely during the pandemic has only intensified the issue. As American society approaches a return to normalcy, this important family matter isn't going away, and knowing how to find balance and family intimacy is crucial to having healthy relationships and successful lives. On the line to discuss is Warren Rustand, author of The Leader Within Us, Mindset, Principles, and Tools for a Life by Design. Thank you for joining me.
0: Vicki, thank you very much for uh, allowing me to be on your show. I'm looking forward to our time together.
1: Same here. Warren, the pandemic has brought many families closer together in terms of improved relationships. How can they maintain those close connections as society returns to normalcy and families aren't together as much?
0: Yeah, it's a great question because oftentimes in our busy career world, whether we have a single income in a family or a dual income in a family, we find our time with our family isolated to specific times during the day. And during the pandemic, as you mentioned. We've been together all the time for the last 16 months or so. And in some cases, that's been really healthy and really good for families. Bonds have been strengthened. Uh, people are much more close and intimate than they were before. Uh, but it's also exacerbated problems in some families where things haven't been as good. So as we come out of this, as we begin to uh, emerge into this new world, however we define it, whatever it is, how do we maintain those ties? There are several things we can do. Uh, the first is we can be certain that we separate our work life from our family life. Too often we allow it to bleed over. And so we're taking calls in the morning when the kids are getting ready to go to school or we're at dinner at night. We, we've got calls or we've got other activities that are planning to bleed over. Draw some distinct boundaries. We're going to eat together as a family in the morning. We're going to eat together again at dinnertime, not taking any phone calls or any business calls at night at home, just turning off the phones at night Right, doing that kind of stuff. And then having one-on-one time as a parent, especially, uh, whether you're a husband or wife, mother or father, having one-on-one time with each child every week to be sure that we continue the intimate kind of relationship that we've had during the COVID-19 crisis. So as we have this one-on-one time, and that could be evening activity, it could be a weekend activity, we continue to strengthen and build the bonds of those one-on-one uh, relationships that we created during COVID crisis. So that would be one way to think about it.
1: So many people struggle to juggle family and career. Do you have some guidelines on how they can better balance the two?
0: Yeah, so I have a belief that when we talk about work-life balance, Vicki, it sounds as if we're talking about verticals. There's a vertical for work and there's a vertical for family and a vertical for community and a vertical for self and so forth. And I don't subscribe to that notion. What I believe is we have work-life integration. And that is we have to integrate our work and our family and our community and ourselves into a rhythm and pace for our family. And I believe it's different for every family. Each family has its unique characteristics, and we need to identify those unique characteristics and then bring that rhythm and pace to that family, whatever that is. When we eat, when we go to bed, when we study, when we have fun, all of those kinds of things become important, but they're uniquely different for every family. Some families are single parent. Some families have no children but have extended family. Some families have extended family living in the home with them. So there are a variety of sort of families that we see today that are different and unique. So let's identify the characteristics of our family. Then let's find a rhythm and pace that works for our family because of that uniqueness. And when we do that, we will find the specific activities that work best for our family. For some families, it works to have every evening meal together. For some families, it works to have every breakfast meal together. For others, it helps to have family recreation in the evening. For others, it has to be on the weekends. And then we have to integrate children's school activities, sports activities, music, theater, whatever it might be, and how we're going to show up and support our children in those kinds of activities as well. And it's also important that children be allowed to show their support for their parents' activities. So this reciprocity that's got, that needs to exist in a family is really critical. And once we get that, then we've got that synchronization or orchestration of the family with the rhythm and pace that's great for our family. Because our family with seven children, 19 grandchildren, all three generations living on the same piece of property, a farm, is different than families where they're living in a in a condominium or a, an apartment unit in a high rise. They're all different. And so we have to find that uniqueness.
1: What are some specific ways working parents can maximize quality time with their children and spouse?
0: Yeah, good question, Vicky. I think one of them is that, uh, first of all, I think Oftentimes the only example of love that children get about parents is when they watch their mother and father showing love and affection toward each other, care and consideration toward each other. So as spouses, if we live in a traditional family, as spouses, we need to then be able to show that. If we live in a non-traditional family, likewise with a significant other or a partner, we need to be able to allow our children to see that kind of affection then we need to direct our affection to our children as well and be sure that we're showing them that unique opportunity. I think we have to schedule with each child, we have to schedule time with them to celebrate what they enjoy, to go do what they enjoy, and to support them activity. For For some it's sports, right? For some it's entertainment, for some it's music, it's theater, it's whatever it might be. But we as parents have to find time in our schedules and allocate and schedule that time to be with that child for a specific period of time to show our support and love for them. Otherwise, we tend to get busy, things tend to be blurred and murky, and everything tends to run into other things, and we get into this frantic, hectic pace. In fact, I'd make the argument that uh, that whatever mystical forces exist in the universe prior to COVID simply called time out to say, hey, stupid, let's pay attention to our family, let's pay attention to the environment, let's pay attention of the important things in life so I'm going to call time out by giving you COVID-19 for a while and just let see what happens and I think what happened was it forced us to be together as families again to be together as individuals again and a lot of good has come out of that because we spent really great quality time together.
1: So quantity of time lends itself to quality time.
0: I don't think you can get quality without quantity. That's an argument that I've had over decades with people. People say well I'm giving you quality of time well that's interesting But a child doesn't always schedule a temper tantrum at 2.15 in the afternoon when it's Mm -hmm. convenient, right? So um, I think we have to have quantity to sort out what quality means.
1: I'm speaking with Warren Rustand, author of The Leader Within Us, Mindset, Principles, and Tools for a Life by Design. How has family intimacy changed generally in society?
0: Well, it's changed a lot. If you think about it, we grew up with this agrarian model, right, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. we lived in farming communities and small villages and so forth. And and so family was relaxed. Communication was very different. Uh, We didn't have social media, obviously. And in many cases, even the telephone system wasn't all that good. So we, we grew up depending upon each other. And then as we moved into the industrial age, we found that there were demand for women in work. And so as a result of that, many women who had stayed home in the agrarian or farm model went to work in factories. And we now had dual incomes in families. As we move from the industrial society into the information age society, we see that we've we've developed a more hectic, more free-flowing society in terms of information. And so social media, for example, cell phones, computers have accelerated the flow of technology and information in every part of our lives. And so we find ourselves busier. Uh, more demands placed upon us, more timelines placed upon us. And so life has actually gotten more hectic. So what did we see starting in the 60s and moving forward? We began to see the breakup of what was America's traditional family. Divorce rates soared. Along with divorce rates, drug addiction, alcoholism, spousal abuse, child abuse, neglect, abandonment, all of those social issues began to accelerate as well. And so where we find ourselves today as a society where about 52% of all marriages end in divorce. There are lots of single parents, men and women, who are taking care of children. We have many non-traditional families. And so we have to be thoughtful about all the different kinds of families that exist in our society today versus what we saw 100 to 200 years ago. Our society is very different today than it was then, not better or worse, just different. And so we have to adapt. We have to adopt. We have to really be specific in our behaviors around all of these many, many changes. And the, probably the most notable, Vicky, is one that you deal with every day as well, right, in your listeners, which is technology. Mm-hmm. It's social media. It's what do we do with it? How do we manage it? How do we have our children understand it? How do we manage the time on it for our children? How do we be certain that our children are only seeing positive things on social media as opposed to all the negative things that exist as well. So I think we have some really interesting challenges as parents, single or in regular families, where I think it's just much more difficult, much more challenging.
1: Is there a polite way to tell coworkers and clients that once you're having that time with your family, that work is off limits?
0: I think so. And I think the other thing, Vicky, that we find is I think people respect that. My wife and I agreed a long time ago. We spent four years designing our lives before our children came to us. And so we had a very, very strong view and vision about what our future was going to be. We had that clarity of vision that's so important about what we wanted our life to be like. And so I think there's an opportunity to draw some boundaries. And so one of my boundaries was that I stopped work at 6 o'clock. I was home for dinner every night at 6 o'clock. And I never took business calls at home. I don't discuss business at home. My purpose in being home was to be a husband and a father. And that's what I focused on, helping children through dinner, getting them ready for bed, helping them with homework, doing those kinds of things. My wife is an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal mother. And she was extraordinary in doing all of that and teaching me how to do those things better because I didn't come from a family where that was important. And so as a result of that, us working together, I think, drew the boundaries around that. In the same, by the same token, I would always be at home until the children went off to school in the morning. And I would go through whatever routines I had in the morning and whatever routines they had in the morning, and we would get them off to school. And then I would do my work, and I would do my eight or ten hours of work every day, and then I would stop it again. So I think firm boundaries around that. And what I found from business people, there are always business people who want to take us out to dinner or go drinking or whatever it might be. And I always told them that, that if you want me to join you later after the children are in bed, I could do that for a brief period of time. But dinner is with my family. And I never had a single business person object to that. They always said, man, I really admire you for that. That's really good. And so I was supported in that by the clients who we have.
1: You speak of the importance of parents having a long-term view when teaching their children. What do you think are the most important lessons children should be taught that can benefit them throughout their lives?
0: Well, uh, lots of things. First is to love. We have to teach children how to love. They naturally like nurturing but learning how to love other people is fundamental to our success as human beings. The second great principle, I think, is learning to learn, to have children that are teach them that learning is a lifetime process and that school is only one part of that, There will be lifetime learners and encouraging them to read, encouraging them to be curious, to see wonder, to want to explore, all those kinds of things, right? The third one, I think, is to learn to serve. I think one of the most critical things that we have to teach each other is to serve our fellow man and to be sure that we're always in service to others. And if we're having a really bad day, then let's go serve somebody else and we'll feel better because there are always people who need help. There are always people who need encouragement. So I think that's the other thing, right? So it's learn to love, learn to learn, learn to serve. And then the fourth one is learn to become. We're all in a state of becoming all the time. We're always growing into what is next. And learn to adapt, learn to be able to change, learn to transform, learn to become. Because there really aren't any destinations in life. Life really is about the journey. We all talk about that, it's a big cliche. But the notion is that every stage of our life is different and we have to become what we are at that stage and then continue to stretch ourselves because we're all in a state of growing all the time. If we could learn those four things, if we could do those four things with children, that'd be great. And then the last one, I think, which is really critical, is we have to teach children to work. We've lost that. As parents in today's modern families, we want to put them in cocoons. We want to protect them. I hear so often from parents, boy, I don't want my children to have it as hard as I had it. And I often remind them that the reason they have the success they have is because they had it hard. Mm Right, Children need to learn how to work and learn how to invest their time and learn how to be productive.
1: I've been speaking with Warren Rustand, author of The Leader Within Us, Mindset, Principles, and Tools for a Life by Design. Is there anything else you want us to know? And tell us how we can get your book.
0: Oh, well, there's a website, warrenrustand.com, and it has books and it has uh, Facebook episodes. It has a whole host of things that uh, might be interesting and helpful to people who are interested in designing a life and living the life they want. It gives the principles of that design, which is really important, and how to do it, and how I did it, and how I've got 25 other stories of other people who have done it as well, and and we can all learn from those. The thing that I think I'd like to learn is that that we are so blessed to have these opportunities in our lives, and it's so remarkable that we have these chances and opportunities. So as a result, I think we need to feel good. We need to be positive. We need to be strong in what we're doing. And when we do that, I think what we the signals we send to our children are inherently positive. Children get enough negative stuff today. Parents get enough negative stuff. We need to be positive, and we need to reflect that to other people. And when we do that, we build a better society.
1: Amen to that. Thank you so much for talking with us today.
0: Vicki, thank you very much. You ask really good questions. You're so sweet. You have a good day, and thank you, and thanks for the good work you do and i'm I know your listeners learn from you every session, so. Continue your good work. Thank you. Take care.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today.